You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. For the next hour, you're listening to the Classic Auto Mall show and podcast. Broadcast from the Classic Auto Mall studio in Morgantown, Pennsylvania. Classic Auto Mall is a world-class facility conveniently located just an hour west of Philadelphia and houses 600 classic cars for sale and 300 barn finds on display. Be sure to check out more at ClassicAutoMall.com. Now on to the show with our host, President of Classic Auto Mall, Stuart Howden. And good morning, Classic Auto Mall list, podcast listeners and guests here at Classic Auto Mall today. My goodness, it's another busy day. Yes, it's a warm winter day here <laughs> yeah. in Pennsylvania. Yeah, we don't, we're not getting any winter. Which I, I'm not really complaining, trust me. I'm, I don't care. But I have the snow tires on the car, and apparently they wear faster in warm weather. So I'm torn. Do I change them, wait for snow, or do I leave them on? I think I'm going to leave them on. Well, and then there's more friction with the road because there's not snow or ice on it. So yeah. there's more friction on the asphalt or concrete or yeah. whatever it is you're driving That's on. That's right. So anyway, we have uh, in our studio today our co-host, Steve, <laughs> <laughs> and Ethan in the uh, control booth out there. Uh, we have had a busy, busy, busy couple of, well, month and a half since January 1st. We did the Harrisburg Auto Show, the Philly Auto Show. The Philly Auto Show was amazing. I mean, yeah. the, the crowds were strong this year. And it's interesting because of the lack of some of the manufacturers being there. Right. Mercedes wasn't Well, there. a lot of people expected, came and expect because, you know, we're on the way in and we're on the way out. So right. we, hear, we, we, hear hear the, we hear it all. <laughs> we hear that. Oh, I'm so excited to be here to grumbling on the way out. Yeah. I didn't get to see this. <laughs> but I think that the, the overall, the display was very nice. They yep. had the Camp Jeep area where the Jeeps and you get to ride over the tundra and the terrain and then they had electricville in the middle uh where they had cars that uh electric cars that you could whoa what was that is that you that was me sorry uh, that's all right i'm and, looking, for my, looking for my headphones check, check. <laughs> and they um they had a driving experience in the center with the electric cars and then they had uh, uh us and the aaca with about i don't know they had probably close to 30 cars in their display didn't mm-hmm. they and then we took eight well 16 we ended up with 16 yeah. cars they there. had i think they had about 20 yeah, maybe 20 or 22 so and some nice stuff Mm-hmm. And so uh, the thing that the Philly Auto Show people like about us and the AACA is that some diversity is something a little bit different than, than what you would normally see at a car show. And then they have our buddy Scott Velvet with his celebrity cars uh, that uh, he brings as well all the way from Missouri. He does a lot of these car shows. He'll does do he? a, a lot of these new car shows because they need some variety. Mm-hmm. Because the car world, the new car world, is different than it used to be. Because it used to be you really didn't get to see the new cars. You, you needed to go to the car show to see them. Right. Now you see them everywhere. They're online. There's photographs. There's spy mm-hmm. shots. They're they're revealed years before they even come out. Yep. Uh, so it's a different world. Uh, and we were t- we've talked about this before. In the old days, they'd put paper across the, the glass of the, the showrooms in the different dealers to you know do the reveal in September or whenever the new cars came out, usually September. Right. And, uh, and that's kind of stopped because it's not as interesting anymore but but you know i i i don't understand with the manufacturers not being there because i know for our own experience for little old classic automobile mm-hmm. little old morgantown pennsylvania <laughs> that one-on-one talking to people is the best marketing that we do and when you get people that come to see your new cars at a new car show having those people on the floor talking about the the benefits of this car and why you should consider this over the xyz 
Pontiac when they don't make mm-hmm. Pontiac anymore, right. but Chevrolet over Ford or Ford over Chrysler or Chrysler over Fiat, whatever. Um, I, you know, I, it's important that one on one you get that relationship building with somebody, and that's what we do, and that's why we go to you know, however many events we go a to. Lot. <laughs> We're everywhere. We are everywhere. I can't even keep up with where we are. People say, "Well, I saw you at so and so," and I'm like, "Well, I wasn't there." And they go, "Well, right. well yeah, but we saw your <laughs> your your team." <laughs> right, right. They also the also uh, the other benefit is just letting people know the classic auto mall exists because a lot of people come through that Philly Auto Show, especially on weekends, and they are like, "I never heard of this place." Well, yeah. it's forty five minutes or an hour from from where we are right now, so check it out. If you're into cars, you would think that you would know about it, but right. it proves the old point that that just because you have a place somewhere and that you advertise in a significant amount of places. That everybody's paying attention. Mm-hmm. You know, you just assume that people know who you are and you kind of get a little upset that, you know, you don't, what do you mean you don't know who we are and where we are? <laughs> We're not that far away. We're only 45 minutes away and we advertise in every possible place you could be. And we've been here for five and a half years. Why don't you know about right. it? And equally as common is, oh, I, I passed that place. I didn't know what it was. I mean, if I had a dime for everybody <laughs> who came up to me at Philly Auto Show and said, I, I passed that place. Yeah. I didn't know what it, you can go in there. Yeah. Yes. You can, not only can you go in there, but yeah. spend a couple hours. You can spend days if you, I mean, we'd like you to leave and come back, but don't, you know, we, we don't, we will set the alarm <laughs> if you're still here. Yeah. Don't be sleeping in the cars you know, trying to get the next day, but we like, people to come in and, and check out what we've got and, and see the place. And even if you're not into car, I mean, if, even if you're not a, a, a buyer for cars, mm-hmm. because here's the way we look at it. If you come and look at our place and you're just somebody who wants to come and look at cars and you're not in the market for a new car or you don't want, you know, you can't afford a new car, whatever the case may be, we want you to come here and our admission charge is basically your two twofold. Your email address, mm-hmm. so we can send you once a month our newsletter. And if you want to sign up for our newsletter, you can go to classicautomall.com. And the other two, the second part of the twofold part of it is that we want you to tell everybody that you know that's into cars about the place that you saw. How cool is this mm-hmm. place I just saw? If you haven't been to Morgantown to see Classic Automall, you got to go see it because they have all these cars. Or, by the way, I know you were looking for a 65 Mustang. They had three of them there or right, four of them right. or 12 or 18. I don't know how many, yeah. how many 65 Mustangs we have, I but we know. have, we have quite a few. Well, quite a few. Well, we have 50, must, 50 plus Mustangs in, right. in stock and in, in inventory and 60 plus Corvettes, I think, right. and you know, uh, and everything else, little little of everything else. Yeah, I mean, can I relay one story that somebody yes. told me? And this is their experience. I don't want to, mm, <laughs> I don't want to downplay auctions, right? Or something, but he had a bad experience. I'll just right. say, and I won't mention which auction house right. was one of the major ones. And he, you know, you have two seconds to look at the car. And right, you really can't do a PPI. You have, and you're excited about it, and it's the energy, and maybe you had a drink or two, and you bid, and you get the car, and you have it shipped cross country, mm-hmm. and then you. Realize that right. something, and now these auction houses, it's as is, you know, exactly. they really have no responsibility and right. you have no recourse, but, um, so this place is a little bit different. Well, here, here's the thing. You, you've got all the time in the world to look at a car. You can, if you put a $500 refundable deposit on a car here, then we give you, you know, at least a week. I mean, we'd, we'd like it to be not much more than a week, but a week's time to have somebody come out and inspect it or you come and inspect it yourself and to go through the car as thoroughly as you'd like to go through it. And, and it's just a real simple thing. We, we, we try to make it so it's not, something that you're feeling pressure or uncomfortable with. Some people are totally cool with the auction mm-hmm. format and environment, and I get that. Some people love that because 
I think one of the reasons is, is they think that they might be able to get a little bit better of a deal. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. if the car starts out, the bidding starts at $500 or whatever, and the car's a $50,000 car, and you bid, you put a bid in at some juncture of that phase at 15000 thinking, well, maybe, you know, who right. knows? No reserve. Maybe nobody's <laughs> looking, you know. Right. And, and the case is that, is that usually somebody is always looking, and normally they don't. Cars don't get stolen at auctions, so to speak. Right. Um, That's right. You know, you may get a uh, you, you may get a better deal. You may not. But mm-hmm. the problem is, is that you don't get much opportunity to know what it is you're buying. Now, on the other hand, there are some guys who can look at a car in an environment that is like at an auction, and they can look under and over, and and they know the difference between mm-hmm. a car that's good and a car that's not good. Mm-hmm. Right. They can almost tell you how well that car drives without ever driving it. That's true. So, I mean, I have buddies of mine who buy at auctions, and they're brilliant at what they do. Sure, they they, 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 can, they can tell. They're more experienced. They have they have the knowledge. Yeah. But a lot of people that go there just excited about seeing a '69 Pontiac, whatever. How often do I say that you'll know more about a car? If you just read our description and look at our pictures, then you would if we just said, well, here's the car you look it over. Because you wouldn't right. think to ask about half of the stuff that we tell you about. Exactly. You wouldn't think about all of the details because you're caught up in the moment, mm-hmm. the shiny, pretty mm-hmm. car. And it's real easy to forget, oh, I should have asked this or I should have asked that. Yeah. That's why you know we tell our guys, look. Tell everybody everything you know about the car, the good, the bad, the ugly. Tell them everything. Mm-hmm. So at the end, hopefully they know everything. You know, when they're ready to make a decision, they're making an informed decision, mm-hmm. not a decision based on that car looks pretty. I hope it's nice when I get home. <laughs> and the other problem is, is that people think that just because you buy it at an auction, that it's all the, the car is all original or it's the matching numbers or it's the original this or the original motor. And that's not always the case. And you got to be very careful. When you and again, I'm not downplaying auctions. I love auctions. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong. I, I do too. I think they're fun. They're exciting. There's bargains to be had sometimes. Yep, yep. Sometimes you find stuff that you'll never find anywhere mm-hmm. else. But you've got to be very, very careful in what you do, and you got to make sure and listen because what's written on the description in the window can be superseded by what the auctioneer tells you on the block. Right. So, in the description you read on the window, everything's hunky and rosy and glory, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden they make an announcement on the block. By the way, after further research, this car is not the original motor wow. or not the whatever. Oh, so they update it. Yeah, and that supersedes legally uh-huh. what's written on the okay. on the card that you're reading on the side of the car. So you go and you read it on the side of the car. You don't pay any attention when they're talking about introducing the car. All of a sudden, they've said something different. Now mm-hmm. it's up to you to have paid attention to that. Right, right. <laughs> and if you didn't, well, you know. Which is why I'm saying that Classic Auto Mall, if, if, especially if you're in this region, you live in this region, as opposed to going to Arizona and having sure. something shipped back, is come in here and, and take a close look, read the description, and, yeah. and you can, in, in some cases, test drive cars. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. And depending on the car, uh, it's not a blanket thing that we mm-hmm. allow to do. We're not a bucket list place. We, <laughs> we don't. <laughs> can I drive that 289? I'm thinking about buying it. Yeah. yeah. Well, you're going to think really, really hard about buying it. I mean, the, the, usually the test drive is the last piece of the proverbial puzzle. Right. After a deposit's been a made. deposit's been made, an agreed upon price, you've gone through the car mm-hmm. thoroughly, you know what it is you're buying. You, you want, the only thing that's keeping you from buying the car at that point in time is the test drive. It's not the test drive and then, oh, I want to look the car over, I want to look it underneath, I want, I want to agree on a price. No, no, no. That's the backwards way. The, right. the forwards way that we do it is that everything happens before that. And a lot of times, depending on the car, 
the only test drive we're going to give you is a ride around the parking lot. Mm-hmm. You in the passenger seat, us in the driver's seat. And that's from a liability standpoint. Mm-hmm. We sell some cars that are significant high horsepower cars that, that are, that are a little finessey, that need a little, they're a little finicky and they need some finessing. And yeah. you need to know what you're doing when you drive this car. And we're, and, and we'll spend all the time in the world if you buy a car going through all those points and things that uh, you need to know about the car. But, to just say, oh, here's the keys, go take it for a test drive, we'll see you in an hour. You know, this is not a new car. This is not a new car dealership. The liability is we are responsible for other people's cars because these are all consignment cars. I'm so. surprised you bring that an interesting mm-hmm. point because I've looked at newer cars recently and they, they do just hand you the keys. And say, I'll see you, I'll see you. later. I'm like, aren't yeah. you going yeah. with me? And yeah. I guess there's a liability in that too, especially a two seater when you can only take one salesperson sure. with you. So well, like, and, and how many salespeople have been scared to death with test drives? <laughs> right, you know, a guy's right. not a very good driver right. or, or drives a little faster than he should have or whatever exactly. the case may be. Uh, but yeah, I was really surprised. I'm like, oh, just yeah. How far can I go? How long should I be gone? I mean, what's the, what's yeah. the, what's the, what's the uh, rec- like, yeah. go ahead. what's the protocol for this? I, I don't know. I, I probably always come back too early when I test drive. I, I do too. Yeah, it's totally like, like, maybe I've been gone too long. I did two laps in, a, in a, through the 350Z I drove right. a couple weeks ago because I, I came back. I'm like, wait, that's not enough. And I'm yeah. like, how fast can I go in this thing? Yeah. Maybe they have a little governor on it. Governor. You do want to get the heat go up a little bit. You want to cycle the heat so you can see what's going on. There's so many things that you overlook, though, when you test drive a car. Did you even bother to check the air conditioning? You know, I mean, I, and I do, but I, you're right. Most some, people don't. Most people don't. And how do you check the air conditioner in the winter? Because right. if it's colder crap outside. It feels cold right. when it's coming out of the thing. You really got what you need is a, uh, some kind of temperature gauge, one of those infrared temperature gauge yeah. things to yeah, and bring a paint gauge too and check <laughs> yeah. all the paint, check all the panels. Yeah, yeah. And you know, it's uh it's it's fun to watch somebody thoroughly go through a car and and understand all the mm-hmm. nuances and everything about the car. Um it's it's one of those things that you know, when you're good at it, you're really good at it. And we have guys who are really good at sure. it. They that's what they do and that's their mm-hmm. their whole job every day is to go through these cars and find out what they are and what they aren't. Hey, somebody pulled up at a Cars and Coffee a couple well, a couple months ago right. in a Lamborghini right. kit and I was like, "Wow, Lamborghini Countach. <laughs> I can't believe it." And the whole time I'm totally then he opens the hood and it's right. a Chevy V8 and I'm like, "Oh, man, did I get fooled?" I don't believe Lamborghinis came with a Chevy V. No. <laughs> it was a good copy and I but I felt I was I was live at the time too right. on TikTok and I felt fairly <laughs> Well, you know, hey, turned we, in my car guy yeah. club card. <laughs> we all have to be humble, you know. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, when we return, uh we'll talk about we haven't talked about new inventory here or where cars are sold to and all, all right. that good stuff. So we Plenty lots to talk about today since we have no guests. So <laughs> except you, which yeah. I I don't consider you You're a non guest, but you know I'm a fixture here. You're my sidekick. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we'll be back with the Classic Auto Mall podcast in just a minute. When it comes to car magazines, are you tired of reading about mega-dollar collector cars you can't afford, or endless reporting on auctions and how-to tech stories that don't interest you? Then Crankshaft is the car magazine for you. Crankshaft is a 144-page softcover quarterly filled with all sorts of fascinating stories, the type of car features you won't find anywhere else. It features American and foreign cars, pre- and post-war era cars of distinction including sports cars, muscle cars, and regular family sedans too. To discover what many car enthusiasts are saying is the best car magazine ever published, you can purchase either a single copy for $12.95 plus $3 postage, or a one-year subscription, four issues, for $59.95. To order your copy, go to www.crankshaftmagazine.com. That's www.crankshaftmagazine.com. 
If you love classic cars, you're gonna wanna listen to the Classic Car Show with Tom Cox and Richard Lentinello on America's Web Radio. Live every Saturday at 9 a.m. Eastern at americaswebradio.com or on demand on your favorite podcast app. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the americasbroadcastnetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And we're back with the Classic Auto Mall podcast from the Classic Podcast from the Classic Auto Mall Studio. It's a lot. It's a mouthful. From the Classic Auto Mall Studio in beautiful, sunny downtown Morgantown, Pennsylvania. Haven't talked about our friends at the casino lately. So. Oh, have yeah. you been over there? I haven't been much. We we've tried to limit ourselves a little bit. We're uh, you know we're it's in good. that self help program. Yeah. <laughs> But it is a lot of fun. Yeah. And it's exciting. I, it would be fun to have one close by. Yeah, it's fun. And, and you just be, have to be disciplined like anything. Mm-hmm. You know, We're all adults, so nobody tells us no on much of anything right. anymore. Right. So you have to tell yourself no, which really sucks. That's the part about being an adult that I, I have yes. to be my own self. It's called free will. <laughs> there's, a, there's a Rush song called Free Will. So. Is there? Yeah, there is. So... Um, Not to be confused with Free Willy. That was something. That, else. That's, that's, a, that's a, a movie. movie, and that's a whale movie, right? <laughs> and then, or the Cocaine Bear. That was from. You see that? No. Well, you don't watch TV or movies. So. Cocaine Bear. Wait, I, yeah, I they, heard about that. They, some bear got into some cocaine that was dropped from an airplane, <laughs> and a guy they went crazy. I don't. Know. Okay. And it happened in Tennessee, of course. <laughs> Right. <laughs> oh, they made a whole movie. A whole movie. Hour and a half of it. <laughs> Thanks, Ethan. Bear on Coke. Yeah, a bear on Coke. Now that's fun. That's exciting. That's a good so, plot line. Yeah, I like. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Does it really look good? <laughs> okay. Please do. All right. We want to hear all about the cocaine bear movie. Yeah. So, uh, anyway, where did we sell cars to? Where this did week, you, Steve? Oh my goodness. How about? Pennsville, New Jersey, West Springfield, Virginia, Owing Mills, Maryland, Rogersville, Tennessee, Peach Bottom, Pennsylvania. I smile when I say that. Staten Island, New York, twice. Wilsonville, Oregon, Long Beach Island, New Jersey, Tewksbury, Massachusetts, Berlin Center, Iowa, oh, Iowa, Ohio, Oceanside, New York, Grain Valley, Missouri, Horsham, Pennsylvania, Green Bray, California, Milford, Delaware, Birdsboro, Pennsylvania, East Petersburg, Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. Easton, Pennsylvania, Lake Wales, Florida, St. Louis, Missouri, Prince Edward Island, Canada, Toledo, Ohio, Baltimore, Maryland, Missouri City, Texas, Stoneham, Massachusetts. Massachusetts, because that's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen. Well, thirteen states and, and, and one Canada. Of Canada, yeah. yeah. Canada's not really a state, mm. right? No, it's a dictatorship. State of mind. It's a dictatorship, isn't it? <laughs> so uh, we were talking about video games, and and one of the ones that we used to play back in the early eighties, pole position. It's yeah. like a Formula One IndyCar mm-hmm. type deal. It wasn't very exciting graphic wise. I mean, now the new stuff is amazing. It, it is insane. Yeah, I want to get a play seat. Have you ever seen one of those? Yeah. You actually, it's a Formula One driving seat. And what I didn't realize in a Formula One car, I, I mean, I, I just never really thought about it, was that you actually your butt is lower than your feet. Okay. Yeah. So you're wow. the, yeah, yeah, I see that. Yeah. So your feet. So if you look at that play seat. Uh-huh. Uh, which is, uh, online and can be purchased. You buy that and then you buy the monitors and the Xbox and the wheel mm-hmm. and the, the whole thing and the whole thing. And, uh, but yeah, your feet are above your butt. Wow. Which is odd. It's gotta be kind of weird and awkward. I would Do you think. know, there's an entire eye racing community. Oh, I know. I mean, it's huge yeah. and they wear gloves. Yeah. I mean, they're real Nomex, serious. Yeah, the seat, the suit. <laughs> well, because, you know, that, that Xbox could catch on fire. It could catch on fire. <laughs> but easily. there's a whole world out there, those guys racing, and they, you can race people across the world. Well, I mean, all of the professional drivers have, uh, you know, 
simulators in their home. Right, right. I and, mean, and so a lot of young drivers came up that way. Came up through the simulator. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's easy to say when you're from the south. Simulator. 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 It's up there on that simulator. Up there on. We um um. We're, we've been threatening to buy one for a while for our basement, but like you said, I don't want to all of a sudden get divorced over a simulator. Right, right. <laughs> Stuart, where are you? Where are you? Oh, he's in the basement on that daggum race car. Right. I'm just trying to beat that one last right, lap, right. you know. But uh, anyway, some great new inventory in uh, this past couple of weeks. Uh, we were talking uh, off air on the 57 Pontiac Chieftain hardtop. What a great car. It's, it's, a, it's really, an awesome. Talk about different. Yeah. Too. Tartan red and black over black and white interior. And it's just it frame off restored, 347 V8. It's one of those cars that you look at, and at first glance, you think, oh, that's a Bel Air or something you know, of that you know, ilk. Yeah. And then you realize, no, 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 it's got some different graphics. Mm-hmm. It's got some different, not graphics, but different chrome yep. and the shapes. And before you know it, you're realizing that it's a completely different car. Yeah. When it was out in the parking lot and they were test driving it, mm-hmm. when they first got here, we were like, I don't know what that is. And right. Got in here and you can see it. Yeah. 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 It, it looks it, it looks familiar yet yeah. unfamiliar at the exact exactly. same time. So uh, it's got a Strato Flight Automatic. I love the names of the automatic transmission. Strato Flight. I imagine that's just a two-speed power glide or okay. some, some version of it right um rust free uh got a brand new interior so mm. it's you know it's it's nice and pretty and ready to go so and most of our cars are ready to go what one of the things that you'll know if you read our descriptions is is that if the car is for whatever reason doesn't run or it's inoperable or we're selling it kind of as a you know barn fine ish right. parts car we convey that to you mm-hmm. you know so you, we don't want you to get confused and and come here to test drive the one that's in boxes right right <laughs> we don't sell many that way no not many not many but every once in a while, we we uh, sell a you know we get a collection of cars, and, and included in the collection might be two or three uh, cars that are you know partially built and not completely yeah. built. So, and that was something we had to explain at Philly Auto Show because we had pristine, beautiful cars there, and right. like, oh, I, we can't. No, I'm saying this is this is just a sample. We have everything from. $8,500 cars all the way to, you know, five $900,000 well, cars in between. if you look at the cars we just sold, the, the list I just went yep. through, the cheapest one we sold last week was $7,500. Mm-hmm. And the most expensive one was 81000 plus. There you go. So it is not all just high-end cars right. here. And you're right. That's a, that's a valid point to make that... They're not all just high-end cars here. We have all price range from, you know, $10,000 El Caminos to $20,000 kind of driver quality Camaros Mm -hmm. or Corvettes up to, you know, our most expensive cars are Cobra, almost a million bucks. And, uh, and then we've got some other cars that are close to that price point. Uh, but certainly our bread and butter stuff is more on the affordable, uh, range of it. But uh, we're, we're getting more and more high-end cars and we're talking about creating a special showroom mm-hmm. just for the high-end cars uh and maybe it will be by appointment only or I something like that. like that but you know just something that uh um concierge a concierge service, service. Yeah. <laughs> yeah say that word twice um other, I'd love to bring the 1922 camper to Philly Auto Show, but I don't know if all the rattling would, <laughs> would get there in one piece. That would be so cool to have that as a showpiece. Yeah, the Weedman Chevrolet camper that we have yeah. is a pretty amazing piece. Probably the favorite uh, vehicle in the whole building it, as, uh, over anything. I just know how you'd get it there. <laughs> it probably it wouldn't last. Right. You know, we have a one or a nine tenths or a uh, eight tenths or eight ninths or whatever uh-huh. scale Wright Brothers. 
uh, airplane. Right. And it's kind of hidden. It's back in one of our corner rooms, mm-hmm. and you can't really see it too well because we've got cars in and front of it. Closed it's a closed room. It's a closed room. But they delivered that from Maryland on a flatbed. Oh, and wow. I was, I, well, at first of all, I was afraid it was going to fly right, off of the right. truck because it would get lift yeah. driving down the road. But then we were afraid it was going to be destroyed. It's uh, all paper. Yeah. yeah. And and it, I don't imagine it went uh, 70 miles an hour when the Wright brothers flew it. I would imagine it probably was lucky to go seven or eight right, miles right. an hour. I don't know. I wonder how fast they were I don't going. Know. They had to get lift, right? Yeah, so, I don't know what what the coefficient of lift and podcast drag. Podcast at classicautomall.com for you arrow, yeah. not arrow engineers. And listen, you know, you ask why we we don't know the answer to questions because we're not just going to Google. We're not Googlers. We're not just going <laughs> to Google it and act like we're the smartest guys in the room. We're going to tell you when we don't right. know something. We want to hear from you. We want to hear your perspective inside of it. Exactly. What the lift is and how fast. This is an interactive <laughs> podcast. This is not just a, yeah, a we're not just, how-to. We're not, you know, listen, I can Google anything and be an expert here right. and tell you everything there is to know about whatever I need to know about. Or pull out your encyclopedia. Yeah, that's the problem with with Google is is that, you know, my doctor was telling me the other day, he said, you mm. know, the problem is is that we send test results before you come to your appointment. And now people are on the Internet Googling their test results. And sometimes that can be to a fault. You know, sometimes you're getting the wrong information or yeah. sometimes you're getting information that is correct but just doesn't uh, is not applicable to you uh so uh, me- medical research on the internet is a what do you say maybe a double-edged sword a little or a two-sided bit of a double, coin yeah, or whatever. a little yeah. double-edged sword although if you go to like the harvard site you'd think that's got to be pretty good yeah, or right? the mayo clinic I mayo clinic yeah me- what's the webmd is yeah. out for now yeah i go to mayo or yeah or maybe something out of harvard or something but yeah. it's risky it's risky because and don't go to the doctor and say i read this yeah yeah <laughs> Yeah, they don't like it when you no. tell them how to do their job. Kick it right out of there. Yeah, get out of my office. So. <laughs> and yeah, I'm talking to you about All right, new, 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 new inventory. inventory. How about the 37-cord 8-chin Westchester? Big star of the Philly Auto Show. It was right there front and center, and people loved that car. Mm-hmm. They had no idea what they were looking at, did they? I no, mean, not not many. Some did, but yeah. it's... Uh, uh, it's Tampa Blue Metallic, which is not a factory color, I don't believe. Beautiful. Uh, beautiful. But it's really, the paint is spectacular on mm-hmm. the car. It's tan interior. Uh, it's got a crate 350, so it's not... The which is odd for a cord. You don't see many of these in the resto mod hilt right. very often. Mostly right. they are original. People were surprised. Yeah. And I don't know the backstory of why that car doesn't have its original motor mm-hmm. or any of that, nor is it my concern, um, you know, to each his own, if you want to replace that motor or if there's a, a valid reason to replace the motor. But I'm not the arbiter of right and wrong. <laughs> Just because <laughs> I say so. Judge. It's, it's a nice car and it starts. Yeah. And maybe there's a good reason that they replace the motor or maybe there's not a good reason. Right. It's none of my damn business right. whether it is or it isn't. You will you will forget all that when you get inside that car because oh, it is amazing. Yeah, it's it's like a step back in time, but it's like you're sitting on the showroom of a Cord dealership yeah. in 1937. So, and it's got heat and air and a Mustang two front end. Mm-hmm. So it's you know it's it's modern conveniences and and can be driven and used. And listen, I I try not to find fault with people when they want to make something more user friendly. Right. You know, it's some of these cars are hard to drive. Right. And some of them are finicky mm-hmm. and they're and and that takes sometimes takes the fun out of it. Some people like the challenge of what an older car does and some people don't and the reason or i shouldn't say the reason but when the people that don't like the the finickiness of an old car that's who buys the resto mods right so they want the looks of a 67 camaro but they don't want the 
the lack of conveniences right. and the lack of uh, modern amenities. And, I mean, that's especially true with Corvette resto mods. And Absolutely. that's why they're fetching 100000 to $200,000. Or, like the ones at Barrett Jackson, yeah, right. over $700,000 <laughs> right. for a resto mod 67 Corvette. I, the sum of the parts is probably yeah. half that, right. which – which lends you to think that it's becoming more art than mm. than just the the sum of the parts. Yeah. I mean, you know, listen, we've all that people have built cars in the past and will continue to build cars in the past that they what it cost them to build it they can sell for more than they mm-hmm. they built it for. And that's the whole idea with guys who are in the restoration business, the resale restoration business I call it. And so, you know, it's it's one of those things that uh you know, I think that to each his own, and if you want to do those kind of things, you can do those kind of things, and we're not here to judge. Right. <laughs> we are just here to help you either purchase or sell. We will find a buyer for whatever there you've done to the There is a butt for every seat. Right. So, well, we may have a few that have been proven wrong on that. We'll, time will only tell. Although I get surprised. We have cars that have been here quite a while that – all of a sudden, we come across my de- desk, and we've got a deposit on mm-hmm. So you who knows? Know. Anyway, when we return, more uh, fascinating banter between Steve and myself. And uh, we'll continue talking about things at the Classic Auto Mall. Hear from the Classic Auto Mall podcast and studio. Talk to you in a minute. Since the 1960s, J.C. Taylor has been America's premier specialty insurance provider for classic cars, antique autos, modified, and custom vehicles. Our customers have trusted us to protect their prized possessions for more than six decades. For more information, or to receive a quote, contact our expert team today by calling 888-ANTIQUE, or by visiting our website at jctaylor.com slash awr. That's 888-268-4783. Or visit jctaylor.com slash awr. Drive through time with peace of mind. J.C. Taylor. Hey folks, this is Victor with the On Point with Victor show. Make sure you listen every Tuesday 1 to 2, only right here on America's Web Radio, the On Point with Victor show. Remember folks, I'm not angry, I'm just right. And you can find out why every Tuesday from 1 to 2, the On Point with Victor show, only right here on America's Web Radio. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the americasbroadcastnetwork.com. Thank you for listening. We're back with the Classic Auto Mall podcast. We were just looking at some old Mel Tillis and my grand and my son uh, footage from the theater days back in Branson. They were. How does Mel Tillis know your son? <laughs> well, because he, I was married to his daughter Connie, uh-huh. and uh, we moved to Branson, Missouri in 1991 and ran his theater there, which was we were sure. When we moved there, we'd never even been to Branson. We never even really knew where it was. He had already been up there for a couple of years, and he invited us to come work for him up there. And we're like, uh, okay. Mm-hmm. No idea where we're going, or we thought it was going to be a hoedown, you know, uh, bench seats and sawdust on the ground. And these were chandeliers and wall-to-wall carpeting, and these theaters were absolutely amazing. Mm-hmm. And they they were – some were small. There were, some were about 750 seats up to – ours was 2,700 wow. seats. We had Claire Brothers as the audio. We had Very Lights, which were used by Pink Floyd and Genesis for the lighting huh. system. I mean, we had state-of-the-art. This place was unbelievable. Uh, it was about 170,000 square feet, all told, and just an amazing theater and a great show. It's still there, the Mel Tillis Theater? It is, but it's not the Mel Tillis uh, Theater anymore. It's the whoever bought it and whatever they're mm-hmm. going to do with it theater. Um, okay. But this thing was amazing. We would sell out two shows a day, mm-hmm. six days a week. And it was a grind, though. I mean, where it, did Branson pull audience from? Chicago, Chicago, and- Iowa. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, 
Kansas, right. uh, Arkansas, yeah. a lot of mid, mostly Midwest. People didn't come from the West Coast to visit. No, France. no. I mean, they we do now. Yeah, they do now, and they know about it, and they know it's that down home country, right. country cooking. And yep. uh, but we spent twenty years there. Great place to raise kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, great school system because of all the tax revenue, because it's such a tourist town. And right. now it's become this golf mecca. Johnny Morris, who owns oh. uh, Big Cedar Bass Pro Shops, okay, uh, also owns a resort there called Big Cedar Lodge. Do and, they have gambling uh, in Branson? They, they do not. My okay, goodness. Sorry. Yes, fire and gospel, but they have gospel. It's the Bible Belt. No Steve. gambling. I no I gambling. Wasn't aware. Yeah. Now they have gambling in St. Louis and Kansas City, so it's not far from there. But. Somebody's checking out the split window. Oh, there. There you go. The hood our, is up. Our first one. That's our first split I know, window we've I know. ever a great had. Conversation. Yeah. And uh, but anyway, Branson was an interesting place. No gambling there. Silver Dollar City is there, which is a theme park owned by the Hershen family, which also owns Dollywood, which is the same. They own that. Even okay. Though it's Dolly's name on it. Mm-hmm, sure. But uh, yeah, we built a theater there. Mel started performing there in about in the mid eighties with Roy Clark, who had a theater there. And then we ended up building our own theater in 91 and then another theater in 93 mm-hmm. and then sold it in 2002 or three, somewhere around okay. there. Just had had enough. You it's know. like Nashville North. up there. It really was. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was pretty amazing though. But they, I mean, we had a 20 piece orchestra. I mean, Mel had horns and four fiddles and wow. two keyboard players, and they all dressed in these fancy nudie suits, and you know, it was quite the spectacle. Interesting. And, uh, Maybe Morgantown could be the next I, <laughs> Well, we have a casino, the, the casino and, now we and need the, a theater. We need a theater, and then we'll start from there. A lot of people have tried to replicate what Branson was. The problem is, is that what it was and what it is, sorry, I'm really digressing. Well, there was a car museum there. there. We can talk about yeah, that. Yeah, classic or uh, Branson Auto Museum, right. which was my place, right. uh, was there. We built there and then now celebrity car museum is there our buddy okay. scott velvet who you met at the right. philly auto show uh and then prior to that mark trimble uh, a gentleman who started a uh, long long story had right. a museum there in the mid 80s and it was really early early on and he got so tired of fielding phone calls from dealers across the country asking him what a 37 Packard was worth mm-hmm. or, cause he was the only known kind of classic or one of the few known classic car guys back in the day. Oh. So back in about 87, he brought Cruz in, Dean Cruz and his crew to have an auction to sell off most of his cars. And then he was just going to move to a warehouse cause he couldn't be bothered. He was mm-hmm. like tired of get, taking phone calls. Interesting. He just wanted to be in, you know, he just wanted to have classic cars and not be bothered. Mm-hmm. So, um, and then that's how I ended up in the class car business because the Cruz family continued to do an auction in Branson. So you moved there for the theater. Yeah, and, and left ended up in the yeah, classic, the classic car. car business. So. Fascinating. 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 Other new inventory we got, I forgot to tell yep, you. Yep, go ahead. 1930 Chevrolet Standard Coupe, burgundy and black over tan. This is an AACA national first place winner, but in 1996. Mm. So think about it. Right. It's 27 years ago. Mm. This car still holds still up. Still good. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. A good restoration, well-maintained, is going to hold up for much longer than you think. I'm always, and I'll say this, I'm always concerned about fresh restorations, a car with only 50 miles on it. Mm -hmm. And we have those, and if you know what you're getting into, I tell everybody, when you buy one of these old cars, I don't care how fresh the restoration is, I don't care... What the provenance is, have a little money aside because there may be things that it may be, it's only been driven 50 miles. There may be things that need to be sorted out. There may be things that you want to do to it that the previous owner didn't right. want to do or didn't have to do or didn't think about. Anyway, this thing, 60,000 actual miles, 
It's an older restoration, obviously. Oh, 194 cubic inch inline six. <laughs> zoom, zoom. So yeah. <laughs> uh, also, we got a really interesting car. A 1978 Chevrolet Malibu station wagon. They're gotta be rare, right? Yeah. You I just mean, don't see them. You don't and, see them. And wagons are hot still. One, one of 32 believed to be. Oh, built. is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Saffron over camel tan and plaid. Hmm. It's got the F40 suspension. Whatever that means. Not, not the Ferrari F40. <laughs> no, yeah, you think we not. took it right from an F40. <laughs> yeah, that's did. why the price is. Yeah, that's why we're only asking whatever. It's got a 305 and then a Saginaw four-speed manual. Hmm. That's what makes it rare. That it's a, that it's a, it's a four-speed it's manual. A manual, yeah. yeah. Um, 10-bolt posi, and it's got the original interior. Wow. Yeah, so really a neat I'm gonna car. I'm going to find that car and film it today. Yeah, I think that's an excellent one for yeah. you to film because those seem to be very popular on our on our on our YouTube channel, yeah. right? Wagons he, are good. We had a, a Buick, like a '79. Yeah. yeah, remember that? Mid, Shoot, that mid was our first big hit. Mid '70s to late '80s seem to be very, very popular yep. on TikTok and YouTube for some reason. It is. I don't know why, but uh, anyway, the '69 Plymouth Barracuda Fastback is another one we just got. It's got a 440. It's blue over black. Uh, A727 automatic rebuilt, mm-hmm. uh, new front disc brakes and, and a new legendary auto interior. Really a neat, neat looking car. And then a really cool car. It's in our main showroom. Uh, the 1970 Pontiac GTO hardtop. It's, uh, orbit orange over black, which is really a popular color. It's mm-hmm. an odd orange. Yeah. It's, uh, it's hard to describe. It's more, it's not even tangerine. It's, mm. uh, it's more creamsicle. Creamsicle, yeah. yeah. There you it's, go. It's creamsicle. It's creamsicle esque. Not too many. It couldn't they couldn't have painted that many? Is that no. is that a, a factory color? Well, yes. Uh, mostly original metal. It's a three year resto. It's got a four hundred mm-hmm. cubic inch V eight with a Ram Air three nice. heads. Um, but it's 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 liveried liveried up as a judge. It's not an actual factory judge. It's a factory right. GTO with a replacement motor and a, and the GTO graphics and or the judge graphics tribute tribute tribute. It's a tribute like Elvis. It's a tribute car. <laughs> the Elvis tribute we always love. Right, the Judge tribute. Yeah, so uh, if you get a chance, come check it out. Oh, it's got the Muncie M20, too. Yeah. uh, But anyway, and I don't know if we talked about this. This is something that's interesting in automotive world about Ken Block. Uh, Oh, right. Yeah. We missed it a couple weeks. Yeah. It's been on your... It's been on your... It's on my list. For for weeks. (laughs) Yeah. You know, it's one of those things that uh, just because I write it doesn't make it so. Right. Um, And Ken Block was an amazing, amazing driver Mm -hmm. uh, who died in a snowmobile accident. Yeah. Oddly enough. Yeah. Well, look at, I mean, it's weird that snow and mm. accidents happen Airplanes. a lot. Michael Schumacher, mm. mm-hmm. uh, you know, having a, a hit in the tree. Mm-hmm. Sonny Bono. I don't right. know where that came from, but, um, but it's just, it seems to be that you from time to time hear that where people, I guess they get carried away on the snow and can't control what's going on and, uh, it landed on him, I think. Yeah. 55 years problem. old. He was a pioneer in the rally car and the drifting and the Jim Connor, uh, world. And uh, an interesting guy. And if you never saw the uh, video of him in a, I think it was an Audi that he was running through Vegas. Have you seen oh, that right. video? That's the most recent yeah. uh, Hoonigan kind of thing. Yeah. Yep. And you know what Hoonigan means? One who behaves or drives in a reckless manner. Is that right? Yeah. It's appropriate. Yeah, it's very appropriate. If you watch the, just type in on Google, Ken Block, Las Vegas. Uh-huh. And you watch yeah. this guy, the control he has over a car. Is like nobody's business. Right. Like I don't know how you're that good. He destroyed three of them in the making of that right. film. But did he really? That, that, no. Yeah. 
At the edit, they edit it all. <laughs> yeah, they can edit anything. <laughs> no, he did it for real. It's yeah, amazing. It, yeah, he controls the car. You know, starting that drifting. You know, like you he's s- wearing it. Like he's wearing it. Yeah, like it's part of amazing him. You know, and and we all know that learning to control a, a car in a skid is a very valuable. Mm-hmm. You know, get out in a parking lot on a rainy day that has no big poles and get your car sideways and learn how to control that and learn that when you're got your feet planted to the floor of the brakes and the car's not turning away from the tree you're about to hit mm-hmm. let your foot off the brakes yeah yeah you know we call that in self-defense we call that stress inoculation so actually practice it right you know and because when it happens you'll you panic your tendency is to push harder yeah exactly and the heart or the and, opposite direction. or the opposite direction and what's happened when you're pushing those brakes and you're sliding straight and you're not turning and your wheel turned to the left you're not turning you mm-hmm. have to let off the brakes because the wheels are locked that's and right they're not going to do anything yep exactly but Try to tell your brain that (laughs) in the middle of that. In a panic, in an adrenaline rush. Yeah, in a little bit of an adrenaline rush. That's right. So um, we were talking uh, about some of the auctions that have happened here recently. RM sale out in uh, Scottsdale. Uh, They Mm -hmm. had that C2 Corvette, probably the most expensive one ever sold, $3.1 million. Wow. Uh, One of two built, 427, 560 Mm. horse, all aluminum, Can-Am racing motor. But you could buy... From Chevrolet. Right. I mean, I'm sure you had to know the right thing and here and this yeah. and, you know, all that. They also recently, RM just sold the most expensive new car ever sold, a 2022 Bugatti Chiron Profile. I'm sure I'm pronouncing that wrong. <laughs> $10.7 million. Oh, my God. Is that crazy? Well, you well, know, if you got it. If you Enjoy got it, it, you got it. <laughs> and speaking of prices of cars, how are cyclones and typhoons your favorite kind of yeah. cars doing? Those GMC, for those of you who don't know, GMC built in the 90s, early 90s, yep. right? 91 uh, the, to 93. A typhoon, which was a four-door SUV blazer for all two, intents two, and purposes. Two-door. Or two-door, excuse me. Is it basically a, uh, S15? Uh, GMC Jimmy, a Jimmy, which yeah. was the same as a Blazer, Blazer right? Uh, and then the the uh, Cyclone was the GMC. What was, was it? S, it was an S10, S10 pickup. Well, they call it. It's an S15 for GMC, but it was right. a Chevy S10 essentially. Right, and uh, they put the the uh, Buick three point. Well, uh, the prototype had the three point eight liter intercooled, right? Uh, but it didn't work out, so they used a four point three liter V six, right? Turbo, turbocharged, intercooled. But it's air to water, and Buick had air to air right. intercooler. So there's all kinds of differences to it. To it. Right. And they're, they're all wheel drive, so they they really dig off. They the can line hook up, yeah, and super quick. And yeah, the values have have climbed. They sort of plateaued at this point, yeah. so they're not. I mean, you find a good low mileage one. You know, they're fifty, sixty thousand dollars, which is unbelievable. Yeah, I yeah, sold one for eight thousand dollars. Don't say that so nonchalantly, uh, right? Yeah. So they're they're on the rise and and uh, collectible. And yeah, it's weird because. You know, I've had them for a long time and nobody ever gave thumbs up, right? Like nobody ever, there would be times I'd pull up to a car show and they go, Oh yeah, spectator parking is over there. <laughs> right. I'm like, no, no, this is a rare truck. I know yeah. it looks like a, like mom's SUV, but it's, it's pretty rare. And now people are saying, Oh, that they're getting a lot of press and a lot of, just a lot of coverage now as they've reached that 30 year right. pinnacle mark and become classic. And of course, cyclones, they only made 28, about 2,800 of them. And so they're, they're super rare. Right. And, uh, typhoons, they made less than 5,000 in two years. And who knows how many are left because, you know, they, they got beat on, they got rusted. Right. Uh, not many. So left. what's the, di- I mean, is there a preferential, would you have a, if you could have the best in the world, would you have a typhoon or a cyclone? Yeah, cyclone actually, actually is a, they're, 
more because they're more rare. They're right. a little bit faster. Three hundred pounds less than a Typhoon. There's a couple special edition ones. In '92, they made challenge trucks to sort of showcase the '92 Cyclone, which never happened. Right. There's two of them in, in existence. They're white on gray Cyclones, and then there's the PPG Pace truck, which I actually saw at uh, Laguna Seca. And it's a special truck, and it's was owned. It's it was owned by GM for a long time in their heritage uh, right, collection. Now it's privately about. owned in Arizona or somewhere, and it's got you know pace lights on it and a weird paint job. But it's one of one, and fire retardant, and it's a really cool truck. And that went for sixty thousand dollars on Barrett Jackson. I remember that. 10, yeah. 12 years ago. When, when uh, General Motors was selling off some of the heritage collection, which I still That's didn't right. understand. That's exactly what, right. Which I still never understood. That's that. when it happened. Why yeah. were you selling that off? Uh, I don't know. Make room like we're going to just do? get another warehouse. <laughs> but you're GM. You could get another warehouse. So. It stinks. So I wish you knew more about the cycle. Yeah, I can, keep, I can go. I can spend a whole segment on. Oh, shit. You know what? We got to go to commercial. But I will say there's also the 10 Marlboro. Uh, cyclones that were given away as a promotion if you bought enough cigarettes or something. How many yeah. packs of cigarettes did yeah, you have to smoke know, to get a typhoon or a cyclone? In existence. Larry the cable guy had to smoke 800 packs to get the, the Marlboro <laughs> jacket for his girlfriend and she spilled mustard on. Or he spilled mustard <laughs> on. Anyway, when we return, the Classic Auto Mall podcast from the Classic Auto Mall studio. Don't forget to check out our website, classicautomall.com. Or if you have a question for us on the podcast, podcast at classicautomall.com. See you in a minute. It's a museum. It's a showroom. It's an experience. The Classic Auto Mall in Morgantown, Pennsylvania is 336,000 square feet of rare, custom, and specialty automobiles on display and on consignment. From the earliest production cars to modern exotics, Classic Auto Mall is a feast for the eyes and the memories. Stroll through time in any season in this climate-controlled facility that you simply have to see to believe. Admission is free. Just remember to bring comfortable shoes. Since the 1960s, J.C. Taylor has been America's premier specialty insurance provider for classic cars, antique autos, modified, and custom vehicles. Our customers have trusted us to protect their prized possessions for more than six decades. For more information, or to receive a quote, contact our expert team today by calling 888-ANTIQUE, or by visiting our website at jctaylor.com slash awr. That's 888-268-4783 or visit jctaylor.com slash awr. Drive through time with peace of mind. J.C. Taylor. I am back. Let's talk Venezuelan with Josie Cruz and friends. Every Wednesday morning at 9 a.m. Only on America's Web Radio. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And we're back with the Classic Auto Mall podcast. We were just talking about things. About everything, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Tr- I nice wish sunny you, day. It'd be nice for you to be more knowledgeable about things when I ask you a question. Yeah, don't ask sake. me about cyclones and typhoons because I will go <laughs> off. Because I know, I know, and my friends who have been in the club, I've been, you know, I've had one since 2005. And uh, those guys know everything. And right. there's a lot of interesting history to these trucks. And now that they're becoming col- very collectible and the values are going up, there's there's plenty to learn. Like I said, I'll try to get the, an interview with those guys because yeah, I'd love to hear that. Yeah. And you know, it's funny it, once you once you start kind of paying attention to a particular car, you get so inundated with with car information, especially in our business, that it's easy to be have a lot of knowledge about a little bit of st- of a car. Yeah. You know, you, you yeah, go a little oh, bit of knowledge about a lot, a lot of, cars. of cars. Yeah. And if I knew about that as much about that 
uh, split window that I right. know about cyclones and typhoons, I'd be the expert of the world. Because, well, sure. But there, I wish I knew everything, all the little injuries. I, I, I can look at a typhoon and tell you what's wrong with it, right. what's missing, yeah. that kind of thing. I wish I could do that with all – and I, it is a learning process. I am learning. And every time I do a TikTok and I write up a script or something, I'm right. learning something about the car. Well, that's and that's what, what we do. Too. Peter does too. I mean exactly. we were talked about that last week yep. with him, 4,400 cars that he's written right. about. You know, you're going to learn something. And I find that myself too. Um, you know, there's cars that I've always been interested in that I want to own. I'm in the market for a particular car right now. And all of a sudden you start learning stuff. You start talking to people and you find out things. Most of these cars that you're going to buy that are collectible like I'm looking at, they're not next door. You can't just go drive them. You're going to have to make the decision like people do here mm-hmm. is that I'm going to buy it sight unseen. Mm-hmm. I'm going to base my knowledge. I'm going to ask all the right questions about what it should be and what it is. And maybe and what get, it a isn't. get a PPI. Get a PPI. And, uh, you know, talk to a friend of mine. There was a particular car I was looking at, and he said, and, and, and I can't afford the <laughs> manual transmission. Uh-huh. So you would get the manual, uh, the automatic, which is basically paddle shifter. And he says, this thing shifts so brutal mm. that it's not even fun to drive. Right. So then I got, so that pushed me, and that was the second time I'd heard that. So that kind of pushed me away from that car. So now. That's I'm, interesting. And it gets back to cyclones and typhoons because the one to two shift right. is so hard. And whenever somebody buys one and goes online and goes, something's wrong with my transmission. It's, it's so hard. <laughs> Right. Yeah, that's normal. That's one to two. Uh, yeah, that's one to two for you. Well, and, you know, normally one is just starting out, if even that. You know you know what a dog leg transmission is? Yeah, a yeah, manual? yeah. So that's what the 928 Porsches, which I had a whole thing we were okay. going to talk about one right. day, but we didn't, which is means first is left and down yep. and reverse is left and up. Mm-hmm. And the reason being is is that because you shift more between second and third when you're racing – the one is kind of you get it out of the way, and right. then then you got you never get back in it. Yeah, you never. You never would go back right. to one, or very very rarely in a race car right. you go to first gear. Right. It's almost like the grand. And you're gear. only there for a second out, out yeah. of the pit and that yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, but second and third, you're that's where you spend most of your rowing. Right. And uh, <laughs> so that's one of the the reasons that they had the dog leg shifter, and they had those in the early or in all the 928s that were manual transmission. Mm-hmm. That's another car on my list: the 93, 4, and 5 GTS uh, 928. It's on my list too. Yeah. So, and the Z8 BMW is kind of the one that's on, in my, in my that's radar. On everybody's radar. Yeah, on my radar now. They're Beautiful just so song. cool. They are, they're really, people don't really know what they are, which I really kind of like. Mm-hmm. I like having a car that's not as recognizable as others that people have to do a double take and Obscure. say, what is that? Right. You know, I've, that looks familiar mm-hmm. because it's BMW familiar, mm-hmm. the kidney shaped grill and right. all the different things, but it's something like, you know, it, it looks like a Z4. But it's not. You can tell it's bigger and bulkier and muscular and mm-hmm. it's louder and it's right. got a V8 and it's got almost 400 horsepower and right. it was built in 2001 so the navigation has stick people. <laughs> so, but it's really, really and pixels cool. and pixels yeah. and you know, no place to plug in your iPod. Cool car. Yeah, but they're very, very cool. So if you see me driving around in one of those and waving hawk. All right. And I haven't. I haven't bought it. I'm, I'm just, I'm just thinking. It's on your radar. It's on your radar. radar. You know, it's Mm. on the, yeah. Always car shopping. Always car shopping. Always thinking what if and coulda, shoulda, woulda, blah, 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 blah. So what car back in the day ruled your high school parking lot? What was the baddest car that was in the parking lot of high school? That's a really, I have a good one. I don't know if there were, there was a a particular make. Mm -hmm. Uh, that, that were multiple, co- I mean, people had pedestrian type cars right. in high school. My friend bought it, like I, I may have mentioned, had bought a 68 Charger. Right. Uh, in, while he was in high school, and I thought that was the coolest thing. Plus, I had the 79 Trans Am. So right. I was, I had <laughs> you were King pretty of the Hill cool. And I can't, 
think of Tim and it was just it was these seventies cars with the big fat tires in the right. back and the traction bars and everybody, Dusters, had, everybody had that. Dusters, Novas, Novas, and, yeah, Chevelles or yeah, later exactly. later model yeah. Chevelles. Yep. What what we didn't know back then, and we've talked about this before, the difference between cars that were. The difference between variations of a particular car. You could get a Chevelle with a 307. You could get a Chevelle with a 396, 375 horse. Right. Blah, blah, blah. And everywhere in between. I don't think we all kind of realized that. We just thought, that looks cool. That's what I want. Right. And put Krager SSTs on it. Right. And we were cool like everybody else. <laughs> yeah. And jack it up in the back with right. some traction bars. And, and the chrome. And the diff, chrome. Diff cover. Yeah. And the diff cover. Yeah. Right. And chrome valve covers and a chrome yeah. air cleaner. And, and you're cool. It didn't and matter some, it was a 307. And or... some yellow spark plug yeah, wires. Exactly. And, you know, you were, you were the cool kid. And maybe a good Krager. Uh, or a, not a Craig, a Craig uh, uh, Power Play eight a, a track. B and M shifter. You had to yeah. get the aftermarket. Even if you had an automatic, you the had the B and M shifter. Right. Yeah. And uh, the Craig Power Play with the Craig fifty watt amp. <laughs> now right. you're really cool if you had an eight track player that had fast forward on it. Oh. You, could, you could go forward on it. Oh and wow. Otherwise, you could just switch between tracks. Yeah. So there's four tracks on an eight track. Right. Why they called it eight track? Uh, right. I don't know because there's only right. four. 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 Yeah. And each one had two or three songs. That's on right. It, you know, so you could click through to the next yeah. one. <laughs> Made a loud click. Click, click, click. Yeah, right, you know, right. So, but anyway, we'll we'll get off of that. So I was into we got I was in the cassette era. So yep. my seventy nine had a had a cassette, and I burned through a couple of those too. Yeah, I had the Alpine cassette player oh, nice. that grabbed it from your hand and <laughs> gently eased it into state the, of the art. Yeah, and ADS box speakers, the box right. ADS, and they had the little mounts in the back, and wow. they were really really cool. And, yep. And we would we had a road in in uh, Knoxville, Tennessee, where I grew up, called Nubbins Ridge. Nubbins Ridge. Yeah, That's right. and that was was our track. And so at night you could pull up to the kind of the top of Nubbins Ridge and you could look all the way down Nubbins Ridge and tell whether there was a car there or not. And in Nubbins Ridge was this fast, long, long mm-hmm. downhill straight, sweeping right hand turn, up over the hill, sweeping left hand mm. turn, and then a cool S curve, and then you finished up by the uh, the uh the McMillan's house. And <laughs> and there was a stop sign there that you never made. Right. But coming out of that S curve in that Trans Am back in the day, having it just a little bit sideways in a car full of people, God forbid. Right. And uh you were cool. You were Mario Andretti. The well, most fun on Nubbins Ridge though was just me and my buddy. Okay. And not with a car full of people. Right. I let right. I let off when there was a car full of people because right. my mom always said, "Don't come home if you kill a bunch of people right. in the car." You know, that's good. That's good. To, <laughs> good. That's good Thanks, advice. Mom. <laughs> While you were at Nubbins Ridge, I was cruising uh, Fremont Street in yeah. Las Vegas yeah. in my Trans Am. Yeah. So See, was... we would race out in the desert because there was nothing out there at the time. Right. You know, except so. dead people. <laughs> Whatever was out there, Roadrunners, <laughs> road the bird, the bird, and, the actual Roadrunner, and yeah. uh, desert. And so there was plenty of room to race. If you picked up a race on Fremont, you would cruise Fremont Street, and if somebody wanted to race, you go behind what's right. now. The Union Plaza, and would there be people out there lined? No, up? not really. It was, it was, it was just more one on one desert road. Yeah, and who proved who won? Yeah, just knew. Well, when I raced one time, the guy didn't stop and hit a curb, and he missed the turn. <laughs> oh, you know, God. and I was able to break out of it. But yeah, it's not safe. Don't don't street race. <laughs> don't people. condone this. I don't yeah. condone street racing. Yeah, you don't want to get hurt. Right. You know, that, no. that, that takes all. Or the ruin fun your out car. Yeah. I'll never forget my buddy of mine and I went to. There was a place in Tennessee in East Tennessee called Royal Blue, where mm-hmm. you took where you took your dirt bikes and went racing. And I had a Yamaha KX 125, and he had a or a Kawasaki KX 125, and he had a Yamaha 175 or something. 
and I'd never been there. And he took us there, and he goes, all right, so this thing goes straight, and then there's a little dip you go down, and then it's straight again. And I'm like, okay, cool. So we take off uh, from the trailer where we're parked, and I'm just following him. And all of a sudden, boom, on mine. I run out of fuel. I'd forgotten to oh. turn my petcock on. Right. The petcock is what controlled the fuel on okay. the motorcycle. So I boom, come to a stop, and I reach down and turn the fuel back on and start to kick it. And I look just as he's launching off of that thing, and I'm not too far from uh-huh. him. So I pull up. Well, it turns out he'd forgotten that there was two different places you could enter this place, and the one he was at was about a 150-foot drop-off with trees. <laughs> and he was in the middle of about a – he was about 75 feet off the ground <laughs> in a tree with his motorcycle oh, still no running. Way. Wow. Yeah, and had broken his shoulder. Oh, my God. And I had to get him out of there. That's crazy. I don't even remember how we did it. Get the bike out of there. Get him to a hospital. No cell phones. Had to call his wife. Wow. We're like an hour from home. You know, he's got a broken yeah. shoulder. So anyway, I'm glad I brought that up. Motorcycles. Do you still have your motorcycle? I do. Right. <laughs> Speaking of motorcycles? Yeah, I, I never ride. It's got, I put nine miles on it in one year. Well, that's, that's what they're for. And it's just there to, to look to pretty. Pet and look pretty. And Throw I'm, your jacket on top. No, what I do is I go out in the parking lot and, you know, blow off a little steam yeah. every once in a while. Gotta, gotta run them, right? Yeah, yeah. So I run them and, and, you know, I've, that's the problem. You have to run these things. You can't let them sit, sit, sit. I've got the other cars back there that just sit, sit, sit. Mm-hmm. And I really have to be self-conscious and and conscious about getting them out and running. Well, I'm happy running. to take them home once in a while, back and forth, since I'm going to be <laughs> little, here. Little exercise, little exercising. Yeah, yeah, yeah short ride. Yeah, a little short ride. And uh, the problem is, is that I can make an excuse for any reason not to drive them. Yeah. Well, there might be a little salt on the ground. <laughs> oh, oh, there's right. a there's a ditch in the parking. You know, there's a, yeah. a hole in the parking yep. lot. There's this hole. Yeah. Whatever. Gravel. Gravel. Salt. Salt. Yeah. Rain. Uh, uh, one one hundredth chance of rain. <laughs> that and suede shoes. Oh, I, I won't drive in my typhoon in the mist. Like you wake up in the morning and the grounds yeah, from, yeah, from dew? Nope. nope. No dew. Nope. <laughs> no dew. Yeah, we are giving you the dew-free guarantee. Right. And, you know, it, it's easy to talk yourself out of driving because yeah. invariably the minute you get to them, the battery's dead or yeah. something's wrong or you forgot this or we talked about this. You know, it's all the the, the things that trip you Ethan up. Ethan says, why don't, why don't you buy something? Why don't you sell the Typhoon and buy something else? But you know what I was thinking, Ethan? Whatever I replace the Typhoon with is going to sit in the garage it's just like it. same thing. Just like it. it's, it's going to be a garage thing the same way. Yeah. Viper. Something yeah. like that just yeah. gonna sit. Yeah, there are some deals on Vipers out there. I know we have some. We have four Vipers, right? Well, actually, four. I think one one just sold. Maybe. One just sold. Uh, we have Beautiful. three Vipers, and uh, you know they're they're not for what you get. Yeah. they're very reasonable price. We've got a Z06 Corvette in that's got my I've got my eye all over it. It's red, four twenty seven. You know, I know manual tranny. No, automatic. It's automatic. Oh, see, that's it's automatic. I mean, I think it has paddles, but it's, it's yeah. automatic. It's a, for me, that's a deal breaker because I want a sports car with a with a stick shift. But the Viper did very well. We had a 03 Viper shown at Philly Auto Show, bright red, beautiful car. My buddy's got a, a 03 Viper in, in Vegas, and a great, great looking car. Oh my God! There and the it sounds amazing. the performance is you know absolutely spectacular. I mean, you just hard to beat you know what a Viper uh, gives you for yeah. for the money that you sp- you pay mm-hmm. for it. I I mean, you know, uh, I've got to tell you, though, I think that you're wrong about this Sold? Z06. No. Oh, okay. No. I looked at it, yeah. I looked no. at it yesterday. I'm always looking at that Six Z06. speed manual. The oh, red one. The okay. red one. Wow. The red one. Look at the picture. It looks like an automatic. Uh, but... It's a big ball shifter. Okay. <laughs> you're talking about the, the red C- the 2007, the oh. 2007 Z06. Oh, the 2007. Yeah, not the 2017. 17. Oh. No. 2007 with the 427. 
Okay. Sorry. Wrong, wrong card. Right. Card. As my grandmother used to say, right church, wrong pew. <laughs> <laughs> so she had a lot of funny things. She also said if she if she wasn't sure about somebody, she'd say, that boy has the peculiars. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I buddies, I bought my first cyclone. Again, cyclone right. type in Tennessee, right outside of uh, outside of Nashville, and uh, my my buddies down there have the best sayings. I, I, well, I can make a whole list of them. <laughs> yeah, well, Some of them are X-rated. Yeah, you can't, so you can't we say it. so we can put them somewhere out there on the. But man, you southern airweb. you southern guys have the best. Yeah, that, there were some great sayings back in the yeah. day from uh, that that rear their ugly head every once in a while. I have to be careful what I do and yep. don't say. Anyway, next week uh, got a special guest going to be on the show, Alex Rosie, uh, who owns RB Collections out of Allentown, Pennsylvania. Beautiful building and showroom they have up there. They're a, a boutique. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're at Saks Fifth Avenue and we're Walmart. Yeah. So that's the difference. So <laughs> they are a boutique uh, classic car sales and uh, restoration facility. And they've got this beautiful brick building in Allentown. And uh, just met him by, by happenstance. I was driving past this garage door opens up and a 57 Fairlane convertible is backing out. Wow. And stop and wave and, hey, I'm Stuart with Classic Automobile. Oh, come enter. Alex, Alex is from Italy. So okay. uh, he's very uh, heavy accent. He and his Brother Al will be here with us. On, so it's Rosie uh, with an I. Rosie. R-U-O-Z-Z-I. Z-Z-I. Yeah, okay. it's not Rosie, like a whole lot of Rosie. Right, right. It's right. Rosie. Ruazzi. Right. But I'm sure I won't pronounce it right because I'm not Italian. But right. anyway, they will be on the show next Saturday, which mm-hmm. is a week from today, which is today is actually... February the 11th, and this will air February the 18th, right? right? So right. Uh, we're a week behind. Yep. That's that's just the way it is. It's just the way it is. <laughs> it's just the way it is, pal. Anyway, we will uh, catch you next week on the Classic Automall podcast. you got any questions for us, pa- podcast at classicautomall.com or visit our website, classicautomall.com. And uh, we'll be happy to answer any questions or take any suggestions or correct us on anything we got wrong. Yeah. Uh, we'll catch you next week. Take care. Bye-bye. We appreciate you listening to our show, and don't forget to come visit us in person next time you're in southeastern Pennsylvania. Admission is free, and our hours are on our website, ClassicAutoMall.com. You can reach us by telephone at 888-227-0914 or via email at info at ClassicAutoMall.com. To reach the show, email us at podcast at ClassicAutoMall.com. Classic Auto Mall podcast is produced by Car Smarts Media with music by the Pat Travers Band. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.